Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing well this morning. It's a nice day out there. Started out a little chilly, but it's turning out very nice, very nice. Hey, got a great show today. Got uh, Representative Dean Art from down in Union County coming on. He was one of our senior appropriation chairs. Dean works a lot on doing different things as far as the education side and the senior chair, uh, also big in the energy policy that we do for the state. And I know a lot of people say, well, what kind of policy does the state have? Well, we actually have quite a bit of policy in energy and and different things. And Dean, uh, having an engineering background, has the expertise to work in that industry for sure. So we look forward to having him on in the middle of the show. So anyway, hey, just want to, you know, say, well, I think we had tough times at the balloon rally. We had a great crowd come out. The weather did not cooperate. We had some rain on Friday night. And then we had some wind. And so uh, tough times. But hey, uh, you know, when you bring Mother Nature into your business model, anything can happen. So folks, I'm sorry if it didn't quite go like you wanted to, but I hope you had a great time. And if you're listening and visiting Statesville or Ardell County, please come back and see us again. We'll do it again next year, and hopefully the weather will be better. So we're just going to count on that. Uh, had a really neat experience, got to do this. We've been involved with it a while. There's a uh, organization called uh, Safe House Project, uh, safehouseproject.com org um, all together there. Uh, go on that and take a look. Uh, what it is is two uh, two young ladies, uh, I say that because they're younger than me, but uh, they, uh, they're they both uh, Navy uh, veterans' wives, both of their husbands. I think one's still active and one maybe is uh, retired now, but uh, Christy and, and Brittany uh, basically founded this in 2017, I think it was. And uh, it, it sounds a lot like what it is. Um, it, they got involved uh, in trying to help stop human children trafficking. It's a huge problem, a huge problem in our country, in this world. Um, so many kids are being abducted in a Sound of Freedom. I hope if you hadn't got to see that yet, p- please go see it. Um, uh, it just uh, breaks your heart. But you need to know and understand the plight that's going on around this world, but also directly in this country. And Charlotte happens to be one of the top we'll – say no, we won't say top. We'll say bottom five because they're one of the most uh, trafficked area of, of human and child trafficking uh, in our nation. Uh, so, you know, wherever there's major interstates, wherever there's big cities and they can move them in and out and around, it happens, and these children are being abducted anywhere inside our country to down at the border to all over South America to all over the world, and um, it's it's sad. Uh, sick individuals here, uh, basically, they're kidnapping kids left and right. And y'all may remember that little girl. It's not too long ago, about a month or so ago. We're just making that one extra loop on her bicycle in a state park. Next thing you know, she's gone, and they find her in a cabinet of a crazy man a couple blocks, actually, from where she lived, and they were 50, 60 miles from their house. So there's people, unfortunately, out there that are just watching and waiting to try to grab your children, your grandchildren. So I want you to think about that. What would you do 
And would you be willing to help this organization help prevent that? Because the life you may be sparing of this tragedy could be somebody you love. So safehouseproject.org. Take a look at it. They have a training model that helps identify. The Idle Station Schools actually use this training model, um, and, and it's great to try to understand and pick this up. So there's a lot of signs out there. People don't realize exactly what it is and what's going on, but uh, it's critical, very critical. If anybody would like to call in and talk about whatever, this or any of the other stuff we're going to bring up this morning uh, or whatever's on your mind, 704-873-1400. Love to hear from you. Love to hear from you. Uh, getting back real quick here and some of the political stuff that I'm supposed to talk about, but that that human trafficking thing plays on my heart really hard. And I think I got Joe outside here. Maybe I can grab him back in here. I think the, the phones is ringing. We'll try to get you to just keep ringing. Anyway, uh, redistricting is in full swing, and the House and Senate maps are out. And uh, Iredell pretty much on the state level has remained the same. So my district, Ray Mills, I think we got a caller, Joe. If you want to bring them in, we'll get them, see what we got. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who do we got? Uh, Jeff, it's Homer Hobbs. How you doing? Hey, Homer. How you doing? How's the pumpkin Pretty sale good. going? Uh, very good. Listen, I've got something I don't know if you're actually real familiar with it or know of it. I'm pretty sure you know of it. Senator uh, Sawyer was on almost two weeks ago now. I don't know who, the, who that fellow is with her. He's always somebody... Fellow that's with her on her program, she brought up the fact that there was a bill passed, or going to be passed, to reorganize the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Well, they're not necessarily completely reorganizing it, but what they are doing is is bringing in oversight. Uh, right now, the uh-huh. way their bylaws are set up in the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, and I didn't get involved in this, Vicki did, her and uh, Todd Johnson, Senator Todd Johnson, Senator Jim Perry, uh, maybe Senator Mike Lazaro were real instrumental in also Representative John Bell from down in Goldsboro area. So they were real instrumental in bringing this about and work back and forth. Uh, the process is kind of weird. Uh, the, the director, I think her name's Q Tucker, um, yeah, I know. Her. Yeah, Miss Tucker, uh, she's kind of the judge, the jury, the warden, the whole nine yards. Whenever it comes time for an appeal, she's on every level of the appeal process. She makes a ruling and then sets in on all the appeals and decides that she was right. And no matter what the appeal is, it seems like. So this is going to give a little bit more, uh, I guess, clarity to this and also bring in some oversight so she's not the judge, jury, and the warden and everything all in one. So that's the way I understand it, and I've read the bill some to a point, and, and I've got no problem with it. I, I think it might be something needed. Uh, you know, it's it's it. Kind of wonder sometimes if, if we don't go too far, but when there's a problem, uh, we're, we're where the yeah. buck stops, in my opinion, in this state. So. Well, let me say, let me say something. Uh, the the North Carolina High School Athletic Association is a merger. When I first moved here many years ago. There was a Western North Carolina High School Association, mm-hmm. and the eastern part had their, well, that was the state association. And somewhere along the line, they merged. And it seemed like there was a board set up uh, with equal members from the west and the east to govern there. And I reckon Ms. Tucker, or Chief Tucker, uh, took over somewhere along that period of time. And uh, uh, is that board still in existence? It is. It is. Okay, but they kind of so you know. They have no control over what happens 
association. Well, the board is controlled. She's the head of the board, uh, so she's their their chairperson, and so uh, uh-huh. they they actually pick their own board. Um, so they're not appointed uh-huh. by anybody but their self to a point. So it's kind of a uh, a, a close knit group. We'll put it that way. And sometimes okay. you, sometimes you, that's a, that's a problem. That's a problem. Okay. Could be. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I think this will be. I, I don't think it never hurts to have oversight at all from yeah. from whoever doing whatever. Anybody involved in something that involves our children or involves the citizens of North Carolina, then they should be oversight uh-huh. for sure. Uh, we're gonna have to take a break here yeah, in about fifteen minutes, fifteen seconds, Homer. But anyway, you got anything else? Yeah, yeah. You know, just that. Uh, let me say one more thing. Uh, uh, there was a question about a huge fund of money. Hey, which, uh, hey, I, I got to get you. Hang on. Hang on. I'll get you after the break. Yeah. We got to take a break. Hang on. All right. Back here is kind of with the middle part of the show till we go to our 1130 break. Um, sorry, I had to cut Homer off there. I didn't really hear his answer or question that he had. Hopefully, maybe he'll give us a call back. But I will say this. I'll put a plug in for him. If you need pumpkins, Homer's down there on 115, right across from uh, the BP station right there. That's his stand. So, And Homer, don't remember. If you have a good year, go ahead and help Representative Jeff McNeely out for these free advertisements. No, I'm just teasing. Can't actually do that. But anyway, um, on the federal level, on the maps, uh, that's where things maybe have changed. Like I said, Idle state level maps stayed the same pretty much uh, that I could tell. But on the federal level, Idle uh, still in the 10th district, which means we are represented by the Speaker of the House, Representative Patrick McHenry, at least for a while, maybe longer. Who knows? Seems to be more issues there. Uh, according to a lot of pundits out there, they're saying that it looks like the way the maps are drawn right now, like probably 10 of them are going to be red, maybe three blue, one we're not sure, kind of purpling up for grabs. You know, it really goes back, though, to the quality of the candidate that's running. They will tell you that this is gerrymandered, and that's a fancy way of saying, oh, well, they stacked the deck this way and they stacked it that. But what I've found truly to be is that a quality candidate can win an election. And that's what you got to have. And so we'll see what kind of candidates are put forth by both sides, and we'll see how the chips fall. But um, it, it, it's yet to be determined if anything's much different. Right now we're 7-7, seven and seven, so we'll see. We'll see. I still think the candidate means more than the district to a point of how it's sloped. Uh, if you're telling the people what you're going to do, what you need to do, and what needs to be done, and then go about doing it. That's what you need to do. Uh, and back to this uh, Patrick being the Speaker of the House, it looks like he's going to remain the Speaker for just a little bit longer. Uh, U.S. House is, once again, having issues. Uh, Jim Jordan has now withdrew his bid to become Speaker. Uh, they had three different votes, and it failed three times. It kept getting worse and worse. Now, I understand that Jim's kind of the mentor to Matt Gates, uh, the man from Florida that started all this with Kevin McCarthy. Now, I'm not necessarily saying I'm a huge Kevin McCarthy fan, but I do think he was able to get things done, and now we're not being able to do anything. So have we gained anything? This was more of a personal vendetta, I feel like, than it was truly a plan in place. Evidently, Matt Getz and his people didn't understand how politics work, and you actually have to have somebody else lined up. 
So let's go and take a call. It looks like we got somebody calling in. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Hey, everybody. This is the uh, sick and tired patriot. Hey, Jesse. How you doing, man? Vicky <laughs> uh, gave us a real good uh, lesson on gerrymandering Friday. Oh, did she? All right. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. I was going to see if you could uh, give us maybe next week give us a lesson on something. <laughs> maybe what, what sign is to me is. I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll start doing my homework, and we'll see what we can do. We'll see what I, I can. I can kind of give you a lesson on how how to choose a speaker of a house and the weather going yeah, about it in the, go. in the federal is pitiful. Pitiful, I'm telling you. It is, man. The, you get all that. You know. You, uh, here's the thing about man, what was wrong with Jim Jordan, man. You know the problem is is, is oh, that he, oh, him, and Matt Gates are buddies. Yeah, I know he's got his hands full, and I would like to see him t- continue on doing what he is doing. And to take away from that would be a uh, a, uh, a backward step, I believe. But. Here, here to me, exactly what happened, Jesse. Matt Gates had a, a, a problem with Kevin McCarthy, and it was more on a personal level than on a political mm-hmm. level. And he saw an opportunity to do a hatchet job without any preparation for what has to come next. You know, I always say um, you better figure out who's going to take whose place before you start talking about yeah. getting rid of somebody. Yep, 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 yep. You got to have a plan. No plan here. There was no plan here, which really should bother a lot of people. It bothers me that they, they were haphazard enough to do what they did. It's like they're doing it to try to drag time out. Well,. Know? Unfortunately, the clock is ticking. The, no, the, I know. The play know. here is to go ahead and get a, a, a spending reduction bill passed and send it to the Senate as soon as you can and make them chew it and look like the bad guy. But by waiting to the last second, like the House has done, they look so disorganized, they're the ones that have the mud on their face. Yep. And, and they don't understand how this game works, evidently. Or and that's they? what's bothering me. Or do no, they don't, because right. they're not playing the game the way that you need to play it to make sure you don't walk away with all the mud on you and the other people walk away right. with a clean, clean white shirt. Um, I haven't been in this game long, but I've been in it long enough to understand the dynamics, and the dynamics mm-hmm. they're doing are wrong. And so they need to get themselves figured out and get back to governing the country. And Matt Gates, uh, they need to kick him out of the conference, and uh, I'd love to see him kick him out of Congress almost. Uh, even right. though even though McCarthy didn't do the things I really enjoyed, right. I'm not going to get rid of that man until I've got somebody. That's for sure. It was a bad yeah. time. I'm not going to get rid of that man until I know I've got somebody in place that immediately right. can step forward and lead and get the votes. And they that didn't do that. They didn't do it. You can't do this. You got to have a plan. You can't come in here haphazard. It, it's not like running a, a, a convenience store. You just can't come in and hire and fire because the person's sleeping at the counter and figure somebody else is going to show up and help run the store. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. And, that, and that's the problem with Jim Jordan because of Gates. He had done made so many of the centrist people in the middle that are Republicans working in blue states, and we have them. California's got more Republicans, you know, than than any other state, but they got twice as many Democrats. So uh, you're still going to have some Republican districts, and and it put all those people in peril. So if you don't get those wow. swing districts, you can't hold the majority anymore. You just can't. So you got to have the, the centrist. Somebody like Mark Robinson. Throwing his name in the hat there. Well, I, I hope he's going to be governor. I hate to, I hate to lose well, him know, to the federal. I know. I mean, he, uh, so got a lot of hopes for myself. 
Well, let's, let's, hope, let's get him in the governor. Maybe after four years or eight years there, then we send him to Congress. Maybe our, yeah. our Senate or something. So yeah, I do, too. All before you can walk. That's that right. Bit. That's right. But they, they need to go ahead and get the doors shut and not let anybody take any bathroom breaks. Don't send any food in. And let them figure this out. Now, somehow, that's one of the ways you negotiate. <laughs> yep. get and get it, get it done, and then you go get out and vote. Going there. You don't, you, yeah, you don't have a vote when you know you can't win. That's not good. Have a good one, Jeff. See you, Jesse. See you, man. Looks like we got another caller. Let's take him and see what we got. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Hmm. Well, I lost him. That's all right. That's all right. So anyway, we got to figure this out, and I, I, I'm, I'm deeply worried. I, I do have faith, and I'm praying a lot for them. I hope we all are that we go ahead and get this country moving. There's a lot of things going on. I think we might have got them back, Joe. I see the light flashing over. See what we got. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got? Yeah, this is Chris. Hey, Chris. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to call. You know, I know people don't like Matt Gates, and uh, and I don't know him. Um, personally, um, but I think he was doing what his constituents wanted. You know, we didn't want Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You know, us conservatives, I know you Republicans wanted Kevin McCarthy, but it took 15 votes. Well, I McCarthy agree. should have never been there. He should have never been there to start with, and we could have had a conservative. Jordan, anybody would have been great, but the bottom line is they're doing, we don't want McCarthy. He's a liberal. So why do we want a liberal in there making deals with Democrats? He said that Joe Biden did nothing wrong to get impeached. What? So, so you know, we can get mad at one group. We need to get mad at the whole Republican group. You sound like you hate uh, Gates worse than you do the Democrats. Well, so that's uh, our problem. Chris, let me tell you what I, I dislike. I dislike a man that, that doesn't use his brain and uses his emotions, and that's what Matt Gates did. He, it, you got to have more of a plan than just getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. You can't just you get rid of somebody. Well, they said, All you had to do is for Jordan. And you weren't going to get the votes unless he worked it. But instead, he, re- he reflected in anger and ended up putting the whole thing in chaos because he didn't keep his cool and use his thoughts to get the thing lined up. They, they should have had a process in place. If you get rid of one, you better have somebody else sitting in the wings that can hold the votes and can get it. There was no plan. That's what I'm mad well, about with Matt Gates. No plan. Everybody, everybody loves, which supposedly loved Jim Jordan until he put his name in the hat. Jim Jordan was not allowed to put in when McCarthy ran. And I blame Jim for that. He should have stood up then. But anyway, you know, my point is, this is the Republicans' party, our problem. We argue with each other. Oh, yeah. And we, we, need to not, we need to quit. I mean, you're throwing off on Matt Gates, but Matt Gates is a conservative. He, around here, that's what we are. It's conservative. So we appreciate that. I know he looks like a salesman and all, or car salesman. But at the end of the day, y'all are sent there to do what we want. Not what y'all want. And what we want is a conservative speaker. And that's it. Thank you, sir. All right. See you, Chris. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that whoever they do elect will be a conservative. I am a conservative. But like I said, you got to have a plan. You can't just fly off the handle. You can't just haphazardly do something and think it's going to work out. So, And that's the problem I got with Matt Gates. You know, he... His father was the head of the Florida Senate. 
Uh, he's kind of been uh, spoon-fed politics all of his life. Uh, he's rumored now he's running maybe for the governorship in Florida if DeSantis steps down. So, um, you know, I, I look at him as an opportunist one way or another. Uh, speaking of the Florida legislature, and I don't know if I can get it in because i got about 40 seconds, but they have proposed uh, to allow the ability for a lot of younger kids, teenagers and whatnot, to be able to do more in the workforce with the approval of their parent and guardian. Uh, and the liberals out there are saying this is like uh, enforced child labor. Uh, folks, I learned to rock when I was six, seven, eight years old. It ain't too early. I think what they're trying to do is going to help them as far as their labor force. I think it's a great idea. They're going to be painted as child labor camps, I guess. Who knows? All right, stay tuned. We're going to have our guest, Dean Art, coming on here just in a little bit. So hang on for the next part of the show. Thank you. All right, we're back here with our guest. We've got Representative Dean Arp on the line. Let's see if we can bring him in, Joe. Hey, Dean, are you there? Hey, Jeff, how are you doing this morning? Man, I'm doing great. I hope you are, Dean. You doing good? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a great weekend. Glad to uh, get the fall weather in. It's beautiful out there. It's very nice. It's a good time. No wonder people want to move to North Carolina. They just walk out <laughs> today. They don't know why. Well, exactly I'll tell you what, right. Dean, I don't think I've had you on. pretty sure I hadn't. And, and sorry I hadn't got you on sooner because you're an important part of our our caucus and what we do in the House. Uh, you're one of the three senior approach chairs along with Donnie and Jason. Uh, tell us a little bit, who is Dean Arp? So my listeners up here in Iredale County can tell us. You'll know who you are. Well, that's great. I'm a Charlottean native and grew up, uh, uh, went to high school up in North uh, Mecklenburg. Uh, all our families uh, were farmers up there and had a family farm up in Cornelius and up mm. in that area in Long Creek. And uh, went to the Citadel, graduated from the Citadel. All right. Uh, had a, had one, wanted to serve there and uh, went to the Citadel and, and uh, went, eventually got my master's out at UNC Charlotte, and I'm a structural engineer. I uh, build buildings and work with uh, architects, and I love all things uh, um, buildings and, and engineering. I was uh, on the school board in Union County for 12 years prior to me serving in in Raleigh. Bless you, uh, bless you. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. We had a great, we have a great school system, and and so I didn't didn't really have any bones to pick. I loved education. Being a, being an engineer, I got to do the thing that I love in engineering because of education, and That's so right. I love education. And it's an important part. We got a great system up here in Union County, and so was served for 12 years there. And then I've had the privilege to serve Union County uh, for 12 years in the House, North Carolina House. So I'm going on my sixth term, finishing up my sixth term, and uh, really privileged and blessed, brother. Well, you are, and you got a beautiful family. You got one grandbaby or two? I can't remember two. two. Two grandbabies. Got a little granddaughter uh, and a grandson. Well, there you go. So there you spoil them rotten. I know that. You oh, yeah. You absolutely. So, That's right. That's well, right. Well, let's jump in a little bit and let's talk about the budget because it went on and it went on. Uh, and, and, you know, we we sent a good budget over to the Senate, I guess, what, back in May? First part yeah, of May, yeah. wasn't it? And, yeah. and, and of course, they sent us something back. It was so messed up. Uh, it was going to take a couple months to fix <laughs> all the, the commas, the I's, and the T's and get everything crossed and dotted. 
But, you know, and I know one thing you worked on big was a lot on the salary side, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So that That's was one right, of the big yeah. things in trying to hammer this out. Uh, tell us a little bit about how we come about where we are with some of our, our state employee salaries and, and the mindset that, that we worked through and negotiated. Because, folks, remember, it's a negotiation. When it yeah. left the House, we had some pretty good percentage increases for state and teachers and all. So tell us a little bit about what went on with it. Absolutely. As you know, it's a process, really. Uh, this biennium, uh, the budget started in the House. It, it's a little bit different than the federal government, where the budget always starts in the House of Representatives uh, by, you know, with the Constitution and so forth. In in North Carolina, our practice has been to alternate bienniums. Last uh, biennium, the Senate started the budget. This biennium, the House started the budget, so we have to do it early. A lot of times it's before the um, uh, the anticipated revenue uh, comes out uh, on there, so we put together a good budget and the House proposal, sent it over to the Senate, uh, and the Senate uh, did their uh, priorities and budgets and sent it back, and then we've been negotiating in conference for many, many months <laughs> on there. And we narrowed it down. It really was uh, held up over over the gambling issue and and whether or not to extend uh, the casinos and the gambling piece of it. Uh, we did Medicaid expansion, uh, but then we agreed fairly early on, based on the revenue numbers, what the um, uh, state pay raises would be, as well as what the teacher raises are. And so uh, we we were able to do that pretty. Pretty early because it's a it's a function of uh, living within your means. We want to reward good employees and hard work, uh, and 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 represent that in a great salary. But we also have to live within our means and our budgets and so forth. And so that's an important part of a conservative budget, you know. You know, and I, and I had a lot of people say, well, you know, with inflation like it is, you got to figure that in in the salaries, and you do. You do, but, but you know, you got to understand the state builds stuff. We're in construction of roads, buildings, maintenance, everything. So we felt inflation just like everybody else did. Yeah. Plus, we're trying to help people with their salaries to fend for their sales on inflation, which is kind of the double whammy. It gets us from both sides. Right, it does. And, and this concept, I mean, this wild spending from the – from the federal side has <laughs> led to rampant uh, inflation. And yep. I even heard the president say that he thought re- uh, inflation was good. I in know. Aspect. <laughs> and, and I just shook my head, and I don't know what world that is in, but it certainly uh, leads to a cost. In fact, prior to uh, this last uh, uh, president getting in, uh, President Biden, we actually had real wage growth in North Carolina. We where did. We did. We had strong uh, wage growth, where uh, the actual raises were outpacing inflation, and people were actually earning more money. Now, with the inflation taking such a bite out uh, because of rampant spending, uh, and the dollar just not worth as much as it is, um, then then you actually losing ground, and that pain is felt from the families. It felt is felt in every family across across the state. And so what we're trying to do is uh, make up for some of that. And we understand that these raises, uh, in many cases, 
uh, are just barely keeping up with with what the inflation is. Well, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time down there is non-reoccurring and reoccurring. Yeah. And and so when you start talking salaries, you're talking about reoccurring expenditures. That's, and that's correct. Then that's where thing you know I always I always laugh and joke. I always tell us I said, oh, we'll give you a bunch of money one time. <laughs> Yeah. Getting it another time and another time and another time, that's where it gets tough because so much of our budget, when y'all even start, it's almost like it's that part's done because it's reoccurring from budgets before that we have to fund these different programs. We have to fund the different uh, divisions and everything and, and keep all the lights rolling all the time. So when you start looking at salary increases, well, now we're talking about, you know, reoccurring expenditures exactly that right. will be put on to the next budget and that's the next right. budget. And so I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Why why can't they just give us a raise? Well, right. okay, we we give you 15% now, but in two years we look and always ain't so great, and we give you nothing. Well, did you well, gain? <laughs> one of the things I'd love for the listeners to understand is that when we talk about a surplus, that's uh, that's where we estimated a certain amount of revenue for one year, and the taxes came in higher than that. And it's a one-time mm-hmm. um, amount of money that's come into the state that's available for us to uh, give back to the taxpayer, which we do in tax cuts. Or um, uh, go, go, you know, that that's an indication in some sense that we're taking too much from uh, the people uh, to fund the government. So we can look at tax uh, cuts there, but it's one-time expenditures, and you can't spend that on. However, in this budget, we had a really good budget. We have uh, teachers got a 7.4 percent uh, raise over the biennium. State employees had a 7%. There's critical need for bus drivers. Oh, yeah. They received a 9% raise. Highway Patrol, we're, we're just so many vacancies there, and we're trying to make uh, the Highway Patrol to keep you safe and, and, and make sure we have law enforcement taken care of. They, they got an 11% raise. Mm-hmm. And then because we had the surplus, uh, the retiree bonus, we gave a bonus rather than a recurring a COLA, COLA, but we've yeah. been a, been a, a one-time bonus of 4% there. Yeah. On there all the time while cutting the income tax to 3.99% on a glide path that makes sure we don't outrun our, our revenue increases there. So a lot of numbers, um, you know, but it's a great budget. We spent over $620 million on mental health programs, and yeah. that's such a critical need. $2 billion. We've got this thing called the uh, State Capital Infrastructure Fund, the SCIF is yep. what I love to call it. Being an engineer, I love working with the capital aspect of that. We have been able to invest over $5 billion, an additional $2 billion going in last year uh, budget, last biennium, plus another $2 billion this year going to water and infrastructure, uh, water and sewer costs. Uh, all the time while reducing the state debt. We over the last seven years we've reduced our state debt by forty five percent. Wow. And been able to spend in the capital over well over six billion dollars. School construction. Uh this year we've put over a billion dollars from the lottery into school construction. That was the same as what we did last biennium. Uh, we put a billion dollars into school construction. So for over the last four years, or last two years plus the next two years, 
we will have put over $2 billion into our schools and so forth. Wow. Hey, we got a hard break at 1145, so we got about a minute or so. Yeah. One of the things I think a lot of people don't understand, too, or listeners don't, okay, we, you know, teachers, we, we got a 7.4% raise. We moved up some of the salaries, raised the, the base, the bottom, up. So we've yeah. done that. But, but when we do these tax cuts, th- that's, that's money you're going to get to keep out of your paycheck. That's, that's a raise. You may not realize it, but it's a raise by keeping more from coming to Raleigh and in your pocket, you know. And and when we do these infrastructure things, water and sewer, that's that's actually a a raise too because we don't have you getting charged more tax rates from the municipalities and the counties and whatnot. Absolutely. So your tax burden is lower in a couple of different ways, which is going to accumulate up to a higher set on that 7.4%. It's probably going to round up closer to 9 when you look at it, especially if you live in city, maybe 10 even. So it, it is a good thing. So we got a hard break here, about 10 seconds, Dean, but you hold tight. We're coming back for the last part it. of the show. We're going to run to about 11.59. So hold tight, and we'll be right back to you. All right, folks, okay. keep listening. 